Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Women in Worship podcast with Lee and Bethany. Hey, listen, today is going to be a really fun episode. It is an impromptu conversation that we had with Natalie. It's one of the first times that we ever talked to her together. So it was so good and so rich in her wisdom that we had to push record because we were like, guys, everybody we think needs to hear this. So just beware. It's not put together. It's not polished. It is just a an honest conversation that we thought would be great to share with you guys. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by the end of it and that your day is just simply better because you listened. So we love you guys and check it out. For these kinds of people are so uh, thirsty for these of conversations but really the reality is we just have to start them right we just gotta have them and sometimes that's kind of like natalie a little bit of where i feel like you found yourself sometimes you got to be willing to ask the yeah. hard question or say the hard thing in order for people to feel like they have the permission to explore not just how they feel but what the word really says about yes. it and maybe what god really speaking to them yeah which brings not just like justification or accountability, but like it bring it should bring conviction, Absolutely. right? And conviction as a belief, that's that's the whole thing. Well, and it, what we've done is we've watered the gospel down so much to try to have these hot takes, like man can't live on hot takes alone. We've created hot takes that are basically kind of like half scripture, half opinion. And then when we really bring them the word of God, then they're offended and they, they act like we're the crazy people. And we're like, but no, that's actually what Jesus said. I'm, that's just not my spin on it. That's Jesus's word. So we have a, that's had it so watered down that when we give them the pure gospel, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to swallow it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. there's, there's just, there's just a hunger. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's interesting is that it's not even from just the young, it's the old too, right? Like we're, we're all craving. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're all craving what I really believe we all already have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, is it that we look to others or those experiences or those things because we can let the emotion or the, um, the did it work rise and fall on others and not on ourselves? Because it's almost like sometimes we're not willing to look inside and go, no, you know, like in Christ, I have all that I need. Mm-hmm. And in Christ, I'm looking for this this new experience or the new wine, but really the Lord's just asking me to sit at this table right now with these people. And he's asking me to love them and serve them well and just be good with where I'm at. Because again, we talked about this earlier, but the, you don't know that there's new out there until he says, hey, here's a new thing because you already have all that you need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Am I wrong in that? I'm going way down like an introspective situation. No, because what I'm thinking of, if we go back to Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we were part of that creation. Why did he create male and female? He made us for intimate community. Mm. He made us for him. So when he is visiting Adam and Eve in the garden, that was the initial beauty of that organic creation of God made man and woman for intimate community with him as the creator. Yeah. This, that all fell apart. He had to bring a mediator. He had to give his son Jesus to come in to create that thing that was supposed to be so innocent and pure, that sin tainted. And now we live in that fallen world. But because we have that mediator in Jesus Christ, the one who intercedes on our behalf, we now have everything we need because we have Jesus. And because that was the original plan was that we would not be separated from God. And so here we are separated from God temporarily, but with this mediator in Jesus Christ. And so we have everything we need, but because of sin, we always feel like we're lacking. We have that orphan mentality. We have that enemy saying, did God really say that? And that daily battle for us as Christian on this earth is how do we we gotta have people we gotta have pastors we gotta have teachers evangelists prophets all the fivefold you gotta have everybody willing to quit tolerating sin and say hey we love you we want to pull you out of this Mm -hmm. but but I gotta tell you the truth the wages of sin is death it will cause you to spiritually die and it can cause you to physically die when you mm-hmm. let sin run rampant and it is not the grace of the lord this whole loving grace thing and acceptance of all this sin and evil in the world i know it sounds hard but i'm to the point i'm like we are doing a disservice to people by saying you can remain that way and still have all the benefits of Psalm 103, the cross. Jesus died. You have all the benefits you need in the word of God. You have everything. He died on the cross. It's done. It is finished. But we have the choice to live yeah. that way. We have the choice to receive what he has done. And we it is an action step. James, you're not just a hearer, but you're a doer. You've got to do the word of the Lord. You have to do it. The word of God is a story from end to end. And it's all about a loving God. And it's all about helping you. That Bible is in there. I call it, and I don't mean to dishonor, but it's like this is my road, my, my map, my roadmap for life. Yeah. As all the answers that I need. But we do have people, my whole point to saying that is we got to have people that aren't afraid to say, hey, listen, you can't keep living like this and expect to carry this new thing. You cannot, you cannot do it. God is a holy, all filled God. Yeah. And I think that we have to do, I don't think the Bible says in, in, uh, you have to be holy in Peter, be holy for I am holy, like be holy. It's a choice. It's not just a um, something you wake up with. It's like humility. You don't just wake up with humility. The Bible says, "Put on." <laughs> you gotta throw yeah. it. You gotta put it on um, to be able to walk into it. That's not a fruit of the spirit. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's you actually have to do something about it. And uh, I think we need that accountability in our lives to be able to say, "Hey, you can't do that and still move into this." What you were sensing, I think that God's saying, "Y'all got to let some things drop." Yeah. Yeah. 
to that point, then do you feel, and I'll, here we go. Do you feel as though maybe sometimes as leaders or as people that are just, you know, we have the opportunity to, to lead worship or lead small groups or whatever that is, like your role and function, do you ever feel, going back to your point, Natalie, earlier, we were just talking about the idea of uh, gathering people in a room and not taking advantage of uh, the time that we have, maybe is a good way to say that. Um, do you feel as though sometimes maybe we're dissatisfied or at dis-ease with, uh, with those kinds of things because we're not willing to say the Bible is our roadmap? Like, we're not willing to say the word is enough, God is enough, Jesus has done enough, the Holy Spirit has given me enough. Obviously, there's always more, but if today was the last of all he gave me, it's still enough. It's still more than yeah. enough. And well, I because, yeah, because we have so many voices. There's yeah. so many voices that are louder than our Bible right now, and so louder. And if we haven't been in the secret place, if we haven't made God's voice the loudest voice in our life, then he will be drowned yeah. out by man's approval. And if we are measuring up and I've been in first Samuel a lot looking at King Saul and, you know, Saul is like so many of us, he was anointed. He was called, he was appointed. He had a purpose. He had an assignment and he had a humble beginning. Like a lot of us, like people that we started in these small churches, we heard the Lord, we knew his voice because we were dependent on him for everything, for people, for volunteers, for all of it. And then we know we've been given these clear instructions just like Saul was, but then we get out of that secret place. We get out of hearing the voice of the Lord. We stop praying. We stop having our quiet times. We're kind of obedient. We're kind of not. And that's what, what Saul's ultimate downfall was, was he knew he had an assignment and he didn't do it fully. We're halfway doing things because we're trying to cut corners. And I think that comes down to just trying to fast track ourselves into our anointing when there is a process there's a process mm -hmm. we follow and if we can't hear from the lord and we don't know his word then we really are kind of living off hot takes we're living off self-help and that's not going to do the thing god's called us to do yes self-help is not the power of the holy spirit no I mean, it's not it's not it's not the holy spirit is your helper that's who yeah. he is he's the spirit of truth and he's the helper and there are self-help things that you can do. And that's quoting the scripture over yourself <laughs> because the power is in the word of God. There yes. is no power except yes. the word of God. Yes. Quit listening to these other, these, these people that want to make a self-help book. If it does not involve the blood of Jesus and the Holy spirit, it yeah. is not of God. It might have some truth in it, but it is not the full truth. Let's just go ahead and say it. It's not the full truth. No, yeah. and we need we need leaders like Samuel was to Saul, who yes. in that in chapter seven or in chapter fifteen looked at him and said, "Enough. Tell let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night." Yeah. So I'm hearing of everything that you think you heard let me tell you prophetically what the lord said to me and let's measure up word of god versus what you think you heard uh -oh, that's that we need yes yes i need a white hanky circle back which means as a leader but really honestly just as a friend yes. as a friend 
Christ, right? Like we put all of this stuff on our leaders, which they need to, to do and be because they are our leaders. But the fact of the matter is in our day to day, my pastor does not live in my backyard. No. <laughs> in my spare bedroom. Thankfully, that's <laughs> right. Praise God. I love him. But he lives at his house with his family. So I can't live and die by looking at my leaders, asking them for those directions. I can only trust that as they bring a message, it's kind of that same premise of, let me tell you what God told me for y'all. And then the same as friendships, like even in phone calls like this or people that you run into or whatever that works, every sounds cheesy but I just believe it with all of my heart it has to be this way because this is this is our role is to go into all the world that doesn't mean that's a nine to five go into all the world when Jesus said go into all the world vocation is beautiful because it's your monetary support but the fact of the matter is the mandate as a believer is you're called to go into the world and have that same word for the lady at the grocery store or your friend that calls you that's overwhelmed, or the same thing, let me tell you what God told me last night. And we have that responsibility. I'm just, I'm just of the thought that we have that responsibility to figure out how to get those things into our conversations with people. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to knowing what our mission is. I don't care what your church is. I don't care what your organization mission is. We have the Great Commission. We know yeah. what it is. And yes. It's disciples. Whenever right. we feel ourselves getting detoured, we have to recenter ourselves on that North Star of go and make disciples. Is me doing this thing going to make disciples? And no, I'm not going to do it. Is this thing that I've been called to do and I don't really have the time, but it, it might give me some more followers. Is it on mission? Is it making disciples? And no, if it's not, I'm not doing it. It's If yeah. God is not, I don't want it. That is where we have to get in our walks with the Lord. And I love this same story. It says Samuel looks at Saul and is literally like, look, I know at one time you were small in your own eyes. We all have these moments where we're humble. We know whose we are, but then all it takes is getting a platform or getting an opportunity and we lose sight of the mission. And that is when Samuel goes back and reminds him, but God made you the head of the tribes of Israel. Remember the responsibility he has given you, whether it's a church of 20 or it's a church of 2000, or it's your job nine to five, you still have a mandate and walk humbly in it and he will order your steps, but we have to know his voice and we have to be obedient to do it. Yes. 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 (laughs) Man, 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 man. I just, I have such a sense in the spirit and it's not just me. It's several people that I'm around about how God is, he's just breaking all this stuff off of us. He is breaking these old thought patterns of how we should be, how church should be, how what we think God is looking for. And he's saying, I really need you to get back to the word the the word and like how jesus did things how jesus talked how jesus walked oh my goodness and like i said earlier i really believe we gotta stay in that secret place because you know 
everybody can hear from the, the Lord. Everybody's got to understand that you can hear from the Lord. It's not reserved for a platform. The platform is just an elevated spot built up on wood. You just stand in a little higher. It doesn't mean you are higher. It means right. that actually you're a greater servant than you are higher when you have that responsibility. And we just got to get back to that secret place of being able to understand. And I just want to break that lie off of everybody in the name of Jesus that you cannot hear God and that it is reserved. That is a lie of the devil. That is a distraction to keep you from moving in the direction God has called you to move. Because if you don't have a roadmap and you don't have road signs, you don't know the direction you're going. You don't know the turns to take. And Holy Spirit is there to help you navigate life. But if you do not train your voice, it's like me being in a parking lot. I can scream at my kids and they know that that's their mama's voice. Like, And I know if my kids are screaming, I know that that's them and they're in pain and they're hurting because I know their voice. You know why? Because I've spent years with them. I've spent intimate time with them. I've been quiet with them, screamed at them. You know, we've had conversation and this conversation piece with the Lord every day has to happen or we're not training our ear to hear the voice of the Lord. And if the, if Jesus came to earth and he said, I only see and do what I hear my father see and do. And then he says, I'm going to, when I'm gone, I'm going to send you a comforter and he's going to see and do what the father said. Why aren't we as his followers seeing and doing and only doing and seeing and saying what he is, is doing those sound really confusing, but why aren't we following the model of Jesus that we're just laser focused on Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Yeah. What's our business we're to be about? We ain't to be into everybody else's business. We're yeah. to be in the business that God has called us to. And the only way you're going to know if you're in the right place is if you sit and you learn his voice. Yeah. And I think to the people we serve, you know, what has broken my heart in the church overall is that people are crying out for help. They're, mm -hmm. they're tired. They're weary. They're overwhelmed they're confused they're hurt and they're sitting under the sound of our voice and they don't need us to entertain them they need us to point them to a savior and we have to be able to distinguish the sound of hurting sheep versus just a bunch of fat sheep that want to be entertained and when i think about <laughs> the thing right now i'm sitting in conference set rooms with people who are weeping and and we have to, we have to be able to know how to minister to them. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is through the word of God and knowing how Jesus comforts so that we can comfort and how he listens. So we can listen. We don't need to have the answers, but we do need to know the sound of the sheep when they're hurting and have a word from the Lord for them, not read this book and follow these 10 steps. Right. You know. Right. Yes. Well, I think that's, that's a hard part about, I think that's why sometimes people are dissatisfied when they leave those rooms is because they were looking for something that they were only going to find in the word. And, and I, I think all too often, like I find myself in that same spot, you know, like mm -hmm. I came here and I was looking for this 
but really I just needed, I needed time away with the Lord Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to take time to go to a conference and I'm willing to take time to go gather for people to see me be a part of something. And I'm willing to take the time to make posts or to, uh, to be visual in the pursuit. But am I willing, am I willing to just sit and to listen, to know the voice, to be familiar, to be able to have those conversations with him so that I do, I am fortified on the inside in my heart to say, you know what? No, Lord, like if, if you were all I have, then that is, that's enough. I think we find ourselves in ministry and even just in life. Like if you're listening and you're a mom or you have a nine to five job and you volunteer at your church, it's not, this is not a conversation just reserved for a church leader uh, that gets paid to be there. This is a conversation that like we all are wrestling with as believers. We have to be, or conferences wouldn't be such a big deal now. Right. I mean, yeah, well, my dad used to go to China and Bible smuggle when I was in high school. And, you know, this was before cell phones and where you could record anything. And it was all top secret. They had to sneak in and they would baptize people in the mountains in in bathtubs. And my dad said in this one hut up in the mountains, they meet at one in the morning and they individually rip the Bible apart and pass it around so that everybody can just read whatever page they get, whether you're getting Genesis or you're getting revelation, it doesn't matter. They tear it apart and they pass it around so that everybody can read what they get. He said, Natalie, 300 people in dirty water, just getting baptized at one o'clock in the morning. There were no cell phones. There's you, you would get killed if they found out that you were even up there. And that's when I think about what we do now, it's like, do I do what I do with that kind of secret place mentality, undercover, on mission, without people having to see it to know that it happened? Is that in me? Or am I, like you said, all about what can be seen and all about what can be celebrated? And I think that the, you're rightly, people, the church is starting to come back to this kind of innocence. I think the Lord is starting to remind us of the beauty of the secret place, but we have to do a bunch of rewinding. Now we have to almost like reteach something that we sort of ruined. Our generation came in with all of our social media and all of our YouTube and all of our technology. And we kind of started this thing yep. and now we're, we're trying to backpedal a little bit and that's going to take some time. Yeah, it is. It yep. is. It's going to take, it's going to, it is going to take time. I mean, even in my life personally, in the last three years, I feel as though the Lord has been <laughs> ripping band-aids. You know, it feels like it's ripping band-aids off of me, like just to go, Hey, I, I need you back where I need you. Like, I need you back hearing what I'm saying. It's like he's shaking, you know, the shaking that everybody's prophesied. And then as all this has been happening, yes, there's tons of shaking happening and there's more coming, I believe. But I think he's shaking his people going, wake up, wake up, wake up. Hey, wake up. There's a spiritual battle that you guys are not engaged in. And this is why you're lulled to sleep every time you meet together. Like you got to wake up. You got to wake up and go, oh, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And this is why we're seeing this 
and everybody's feeling this like, oh my gosh, I got to get back to the simple, the simplicity, but the powerful part of the gospel. It's all powerful. But what do I really believe? Like, what do I really believe in this word? Is it going when I speak this word, I'm not worried about my communication skills as much as I am. Is there an anointing on the word that I'm speaking that's going to break yeah. and shatter the 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 depression and the oppression and the suicidal thoughts and the demonic forces that are coming against the people? Do I believe that when I speak this word, it's going to do that? And God's getting us back to go. I need and this is I told Bethany one time we got to go from an army to, I mean, to from an audience mentality to an army, the fat sheep mentality has got to get their tails up and moving. Yeah, you yeah. can't just sit there and expect things. You are to partner with the Lord. He is sovereign, but he has put you in the, in the earth as an army or else he wouldn't give you, well, you don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There's a war thing happening that Christians do not know how to engage in because they're fat sheep. We're sitting in Sunday services, Wednesday services, we're getting fed, and then we're living like it's not making a difference. Number one, yeah. because we're not in the secret place. Number two, the church doesn't know how to war. Because you don't war against people, you war against principalities and the things that are the darkness. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. And we are to do the same thing in our lives. I'm going to destroy it. You are not getting up on me, devil. No, you're not in Jesus' name. No, so. yeah. no and honestly, the enemy's got us all pointing our weapons at each other. Yeah. So yes. Again, if, we're, if we're pointed at each other, then we're not pointed on him. Yeah. Right. And I think it goes back to this fear of man. Do, yes. You know, what can, it says in the word, what can man do to me? Right. Can you imagine? If we all got up before conferences or before we did events and we prayed for Samuel 15, 24, where Saul says to Samuel, I have sinned, I have violated the Lord's command and his instructions. I was afraid of the men. And so I gave into them. Can you imagine if we started like everything, like forgive us for being afraid of people, forgive us for coming after one another. We have violated the law of the Lord. Forgive us. We are ready to go on track now. Let's do it. Like, yeah. can you imagine if we started every conference with like that, of that, uh, repentance, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's true. We've all done it. We feared man over God and we've made it witchcraft in our lives. Oh, yeah. you talking about witchcraft. It is so rampant. It is so <laughs> rampant in the church. To, to those points, like, and Lee and I were talking about this earlier this morning, uh, the, the root of a lot of what we're even talking about is pride and pride is what ushers in. I mean, like at the root, but a, a, a shoot off of the root of pride is a religious spirit. Yeah. And what's unfortunate and what's super scary. And like, I want all of us to listen like, with intention and not like, oh, we're pointing fingers after we just said we're pointing weapons at each other. It's not pointing fingers when there's just this moment where we've, we've got to have the revelation. And honestly, the urgency to, to dig up and call up anything out of our lives that represents a religious spirit, because religiosity is what Jesus came to destroy. And so when we make our, our, 
whole thing about how we do church and how we be church and the place of it and the name of it and how we express it and what all that comes when that becomes our war we're missing like you said we're missing the greater we're missing like we said at the very beginning we're missing the mission right all together and the the what what i think and i will say declaratively i think the religious spirit is one of the greatest um, enemies of, especially any in a in a in a Bible rich environment. I'm gonna say it like that because I would love to say in the deep South or in our country or in whatever, but I feel like all of that's obsolete um, with the numbers that we see now, as far as you know how fast Christianity is growing. So in a Bible believing environment, a religious spirit is the greatest enemy. Fueled by pride, obviously fueled by the enemy. Absolutely. And I think we have to understand conviction hurts, right? Mm -hmm. When we're corrected, when something is said to us, the Lord is using to correct us. When we are corrected by other believers who um, have trust within us, when there's relational equity, conviction hurts, but it is not the same thing as condemnation. And so we have to remember as the church, like, God will convict us. He will discipline us. He will show us where we're like Saul off track and where we have not listened to him and we have been disobedient. Conviction is for our good, like a good parent disciplines our child. But it is not the same as condemnation, which I think sometimes when we hold each other accountable, we're like, well, you're judging me or, you know, you're uh, making me feel bad. Well, guess what? Like growth hurts. Like, yeah. growing hurts and we have to remember I say it all the time when I get in trouble that accountability is not church hurt being held accountable yeah. for bad behavior being held accountable for gossip and causing division and pointing yeah. our weapons at wrong people that's going to hurt because it's going to convict us to be more like Jesus uh, but we're so quick to cancel mm-hmm. each other we don't want to be told what to do and so there's that pride you know yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's there's some spiritual warfare that needs to happen amongst the, the big C church. Mm-hmm. That we got to become the army mentality, and that doesn't settle well with people that do not understand what warring in the spirit is. That's not, that doesn't settle well, because like that means, you know, that means you're not being nice. Well, nice and kind are two different things. <laughs> the kindness of the Lord leads you to repentance, but he doesn't leap. He wouldn't have sent Jesus if he wanted to left, leave you where you were. Right. Right. He, he like Jesus. Nice. This, this nice gospel is not the gospel. The gospel convicts you itself. When the Bible, when you allow the Bible to read you and you allow the Bible to sit into you, things have to change. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't just go, well, that's not nice. Yeah. Well, no. Because Jesus loves you too much to leave you where you are. The Holy yeah. Spirit is nudging you. And I will say this. On a, let's talk about from a leadership perspective. And, and the Lord has spoken this to me. Um, you know, you're talking about no uh, conviction. And, you know, when you're corrected by the Father, and you know the Father because you've been with the Father, and you know the characteristics of the Father, you know His nature, you don't, there's no shame in the correction. Like shame yeah. is not a byproduct of him correcting me. Mm-hmm. I actually feel so loved that he cares for me because I've let him do that. Uh-oh, we lost her. She's coming back. 
but um there's no you know there's no shame in this in when the when the father corrects you there's no shame and yeah. so i think that we have the count the canceling of of each other yeah like hey i don't trust you but i really believe that when you have leaders in place that you can say hey i trust them it's because they know how to deliver this this correction but they also know how to love you in the midst of delivering the correction yeah you know it's like hey i want to tell these students that we're with all the time or these these friends and go listen i love you but i, I do see this and if you don't change and i yeah. feel like that's the father's nature yeah like if, if a leader tries to bring conviction and condemnation on you, that's not the father's nature. If you right. know the father's character and the father's nature, then you know what's not it. Yeah. But you got to know your word to know that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think we've gotten the, the whole point of the gospel and the whole point of Jesus and Christianity kind of all jumbled up into, to, to it's why we have to know the word mm -hmm. to know that these things are true. Yeah. because we've been painted a picture, let's say within the, the big church. I, I, I know I, I didn't necessarily grow up in church until, you know, nine or 10. And so I just had Bible school before then, you know, when you hop around at your small town, cause everybody's got Jesus. Here. So that was like my entry point to a lot of things, but like over the last, you know, 30, the God in the place of if you'll just come here, it doesn't hurt. So now we've built up this whole new um the the fat sheep Um I feel like a fat sheep to have but build up this the the fat sheep section a lot with feeling like the gospel is it's it's soft and um, it's a space where uh, you're loved no matter what. And all of these things are true, true, but not in the human sense of that can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's kind of back to your point, Natalie, like it's conviction is not condemnation hmm. and recognizing that when we have these conversations um, I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with another church leader, not just in our own house. I travel and do a whole lot of things. So lots of different people from lots of different places that have such a hard time with the confrontation of conviction. Like, I don't even know sometimes as much as it's the conviction itself of, hey, we see this or I see this. And, hey, what are you doing about this? Or how are you with this? Because I'm kind of seeing this and it looks a little funky and this is not you and what's going on and I think sometimes it's just the fact that someone has been willing and I would even say you could replace that with even when the Holy Spirit convicts the offense is not as much to the conviction itself it was just the fact that someone would be willing to confront and I think that's the part that people get so twisted up over a lot of times and I say that because I know sometimes the confrontation can go wrong I've done confrontation wrong plenty of times oh, me too. I'm 40 it's happened who knows how many times but in all of the recognition I at least tried to apologize for it. 
<laughs> but the, the flip of that is like when the Lord comes and he convicts and he moves, I, I want to say a lot of times, especially if you've been in Christ or you work at a church or you're around that arena a lot, I think a ton of the discomfort comes from the confrontation that God would even have to do that with you. And I think that's where like the religious spirit starts playing a part because you can in such a way to support the I'll just say the word agenda but support the way that we want to do certain things because we know the word into a place where now we wonder why we can't hear his voice in the secret place well we've made his voice to be what we wanted it so we wouldn't have to face the confrontation or the Mm -hmm. conviction and so I, I would say even as a believer, it would be so important to just take that time if you don't already every day in your time with the Lord to ask him to convict you. I want as a believer to have the repetition of conviction all the time, every yeah. day, throughout the day to remember who I really am. Remember who I'm really not. Yeah. You know, don't, don't dodge the discomfort, you know, cause you need, you need it. It's going right. to gonna be uncomfortable at times. And that's what a surrender. I think we've lost the whole concept of what suffering is <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that not everything in this Christian life is just easy peasy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Um, yeah. It's just not, and it's uncomfortable times, and there's corrective times, and if you know the character of God, though, you know that he doesn't operate outside of love, because he is love, he just, it's all for your, it's all for our own good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think as Christians, I, I love Pete Scazzera will say that Christians are really good at using God to run from God, like we, <laughs> we we fill our lives with so many Christian activities um, and yeah. we avoid addressing the the secret place because we know we're going to be dealt with. We know that we're going to have things said to us that are going to make us feel uncomfortable and be reminded that we're not perfect and that we've got a plank in our eye when we've been worrying about the speck in other people's eyes and the quiet place is, is exposing. And we not only don't know how to wrestle with one another, we don't know how to wrestle with God. Mm-mm. So because of that, that's actually, that wrestling is where books are written, where songs are written, where ministries are started, where businesses are created. Like the, the things that come out of the pressing are actually the refined pieces of who we are. And we're not going to get the new without dealing with the old. And yeah. for some, we're just trying to stay busy because that's just where we're comfortable, but God is going to strip us of everything. He will take it all away if we've created idols. Or if we have wedged something between us and his voice, because he's a jealous God. Yeah. He's not going to let anything have lordship over our lives. Um, even if it's good, yeah. he won't let it. Happen. So I, I felt that when, when worship was taken from me, I would say that worship was my idol for 20 years. It's all I knew. And it's all I did. And when God asked me to hand it over to him, I kind of had to make him pry it from my cold dead hands because it was my, 
It was my identity. It was what I had become comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I think he's trying to teach us how to fight with new weapons, not because we didn't know how to use the other ones, but because we need to confuse an enemy. And some of us need to pull out some new weapons, but the only way we're going to learn how to use them is in the secret place where we have nothing. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. God is, God is giving people. I see it everywhere right now. The gifts of the spirit. I mean, he's pouring them out on people. He, the people that are hungry, he is giving, he is giving them new gifts and how to operate in it. And the beautiful thing about it is that you use those gifts and you actually perform what he wants you to do. And it's just, it's beautiful when you're operating like that and you have that piece of going, I believe that I am doing what God has called me to do. Even if it's going into Publix and ministering to that cashier and giving her a prophetic word, which guys, honestly, that's just could be a word of encouragement. You probably all prophesy and don't even know it. If you don't, if you've never studied prophecy, you know, and that right there, I'll close this out with saying, I have such a conviction that fear of man will not have us anymore. Mm. And that we will live with eternity in mind that we will live our life. We will schedule our day to say, Hey God, I'm not trying to live for a boss. I'm not trying to please my pastor. I'm not trying to please my whatever. And we do know that those things fall in line when you do please the Lord. Let's like, let's keep it the spiritual authority in the right place. Right. But it's ultimately I just want to make God, I want him to smile. I mean, not that, that he's mad at us and all that stuff, but I just really want to live to just please the father. And going, yeah. I'm, I'm standing alone with him, not in a fearful place, but I do, we do have to answer for what we've done, you know, but it's not going to be a scary thing because God is love and we're saved and we're going to heaven. But I do believe that I want to be able to give to cast all this at him and go, I just, this is for you. Like I spoke to that girl in Publix that day and he's going to remind me and say, you remember when you did that, that right there, that was me. That was my heart. That was my heart for that woman. And, and, and thank you for, for obeying. Mm -hmm. We could do a whole nother talk on obedience and stuff. So, but, but let's just live to please him. Like, honestly, don't let fear of man grip you. Yeah. Don't, don't the Bible says do all that you do, do the work as unto the Lord. That's all. And then he and then trust him and he will put you in the path that you're supposed to be in. It's like uh Matthew 6 33. Right? So we we gotta we gotta be yeah. in, in this place of do everything unto him, seek the, the kingdom first, and he will add all these things. Like he mm-hmm. wants to do the adding, we just do the obedience and the seeking. Mm-hmm. so anyway natalie thanks okay. so much this was a call everybody that was not planned as far as a podcast but it was so good we had to push the record button button and <laughs> and it's just this is an example of iron sharpening iron and we don't have yeah. everything right and we don't come before this podcast and say we got everything right yeah Cause we are all on our own journeys with the Lord and always asking him to like, please, I'll, I'm going to keep my heart pure, whatever it takes. Cause yeah. I, I want to be uh, moving for the King, you know, in the right direction. But 
So Natalie, would you mind before we jump off, if you just maybe pray really quickly for the ladies and um, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart and then we'll let everybody go. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for the opportunity and privilege it is to partner with you in going and making disciples, God. We want your last command to be the very first thing, God, that we are thinking of when we wake up, and that is to love you, love people, and go and do the thing that you have called us to do. God, we just pray for obedience, Lord, above all things. God, obedience over sacrifice, obedience over wanting to be liked, Lord. We just we pray, Lord, that your voice would become our roadmap, that your word would become our roadmap, Lord, and that all the other things that are holding us back, Lord, that we would throw those things off and we would run with you, Lord, in full abandonment and full freedom. God, the goal is to hear well done, good and faithful servant. That's the goal. And so I just pray for every woman who is listening to this, Lord, that they would be reminded, God, that you have began a good work in them and you're faithful to complete it to the very end until your return. And so whatever that has been put on hold, whatever has been halted, Lord, through fear of man, fear of people, fear of finances, whatever it is, God, that you would be the provider, that you would be the voice in the wilderness, Lord, saying, prepare the way for me and that we would step out in obedience. God, we thank you for this community. We thank you that we're not doing it alone. And we thank you, God, that you are in constant community and in communication with us. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. We hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. We're so grateful for Natalie. We're so grateful that God has brought her into our lives, into the community of women in worship. She's such a voice of encouragement. So we pray that you guys enjoyed this conversation and that you are blessed and that your day is better because you listened to it. So Natalie, thank you again for joining us. Guys, you also know that we have an Instagram and our website, which is womeninworship.live. So you want to go to that, make sure you sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss anything coming up in 2023 or really ever. (laughs) So make sure you sign up for that. Guys, we hope you have a blessed day. Until next time.